Smartcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of Missing the Point, it's time once again to get that out of here. NBA edition, as our teams of hooligans try to rectify the sins of the NBA's past by banishing NBA franchises, championships, and trades so bad they don't even deserve to be mentioned in the history books. It's time to hop back into the MTP DeLorean and fix the travesties that have befallen the National Basketball Association. But first, some housekeeping. Missing the Point is a one-hour podcast recapping the biggest stories in the world of sports with a New England flavor. The show notes and transcript from today's episode can be found in the description box below, as well as on our website, www.mtpshow.com. If you're new to the show, consider subscribing. It's the easiest way to see when we publish new episodes. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to rate the show and leave a review for a chance to win a free Missing the Point t-shirt. Be sure to follow us on all of our social medias. All of our links will be in the show notes. And check out our brand new website, www.mtpshow.com. That's mtpshow.com. And now, this is Missing the Point, episode 35, but it's all relative. Hello and welcome to Missing the Point, the only podcast where you not only get amazing sports content, but also a free back massage from our producer upon request. I am DK Sizzle, Dave Clark, and the name of the game is Get That Out of Here. In the local MTP lexicon, it's oft referred to as the Banning Show. And that's because we are split into two teams, and those two teams are going to try to convince me, your handsome and charismatic host, what particular thing you should get banned or we should ban from history in a particular category. Tonight, The sport is basketball, more specifically, a banning show of things related to the Turkish Airlines EuroLeague. Wait, sorry, I wrote that down wrong. This one's about the NBA. The three categories that we need to get something out of here for tonight are as follows. One franchise to ban permanently going forward and in history. One final series to delete from the annals of NBA history. And finally, a successful trade between two or more teams that you would like to see erased from this particular timeline in the particular one of the many universes we happen to exist in. Before we start the game, let me introduce your contestants. I have taken the liberty of naming the teams for today and picking the team captains, which doesn't actually mean anything. The members of each team are always the same as we like to keep our competition lineal here at Missing the Point. First, we have team Bilbo Baggins and team captain Rayshon Buchanan. Rayshon told me before the show that if he had to listen to one more extended witticism during his introduction, he would, and I quote, just slap me silly like a bag of cheap wine. So I'm going to cut right to the chase. Rayshon, if you had to keep just one of the major fast food chains, Wendy's, Burger King, McDonald's, or Taco Bell, which one would you choose and why? You got to go with Wendy's. That four for four hits every time. Uh, a square burger man, a man after my own heart. Good answer. There's a That's lot right. of nods around the room. A lot of nods around the room. It seems we're <laughs> Wendy's family here on this in the point. Wow. That's right. That might be the thing we've all agreed on the most in the history of this podcast. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Wow. All on side to start things out. All right. Love it. (laughs) 
Next, as the star fluffer of Team Bilbo Baggins, we have Joe Malkin. Joe, I was interested in the etymology of your name, so I looked it up. Do you want to hear it? Absolutely. English, from a medieval female personal name, a diminutive of Mali, a pet form of Mary, the hypocristic suffix Jewish from Belarus, metronomic from the Yiddish female personal name Malki, the Slavic metronomic sub. Well, anyway, as a Jewish queen named Mary, I ask you this. If you had one board game to play for the rest of your life when stranded on a desert island, what board game would that be? What would have happened if I said no to like know the epidemiology of my name? I would have read it out anyway. Wrong word. Otherwise, yeah, because uh, why not? Yeah, so uh, I'm actually not sure which background my name actually comes from. So I really can't speak to any of that. Okay, but if you had to pick one board game that you went to a desert island with for the rest of your life, which board game would it be? Oh, Parcheesi, without a doubt. Parcheesi, interesting. Not as many in agreement than uh, than we had with the Wendy's thing. I, I don't even know what it is, but I'm, like, I'm sure it's interesting. <laughs> I've never played it. I've never played it, but I might look into Monop- it If you said this. Monopoly, I'd have been like, yeah, let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many pieces on a deserted island. They'll all blow away. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, that's why Monopoly is a bad choice. Now... That was Team Bilbo Baggins. Over to the next team, a team I have fittingly named Dildo Slaggins. Team captain of Dildo Slaggins is the real BK, Bob Kelly. Bobby was also anticipating a fun introduction, it seems, and wrote me a note to read out before we started. It says in big red letters, please read before we go live, before is underlined a couple times, but I wanted it to sound organic, so this will be my first time reading it. It says, Dave, I'm okay with the fun jokes on the show, but whatever you don't say out loud, that thing I told you about having a third nipple. Oh, shit. Sorry, Bobby. My bad, dude. Well, it's on tape now. Nothing I can do. Should have read that prior. Well, Bobby, if you had one, if you had to pick one of the following two superpowers, what would it be? Flight or invisibility? (laughs) I think we all know the answer to that one. Well, we have to wait for you to say it to all know the answer to that. It's invisibility. Why is it invisibility? For not creepy reasons in any way. <laughs> I can promise you that. In, in the least creepy way. I wasn't ever. thinking that until you said it. Just so that's you know. A, that's my teammate. Like bank robbing. You could rob banks really easily. We all we all know that I say the things that we're all thinking. So yeah. it just comes down to. It. It, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, we all know it's a visibility, no matter what. I'm already flying high. Listen, I already fly high in life. I don't need to fly high because I do it all day already. All so. right. I think I think that's a great time to move on. Finally, <laughs> we know him as Mike. We know him as we know him here on Missing the Point as Mike, but the state of Massachusetts knows him as the Boylston Street Flasher. I assume because he's so fast. Ladies and gentlemen, the Duke of Spook, the Doc of Shock, Mr. Mike Marcangelo. Mike, fuck Mary Kill. Barack Obama, George W. Bush, Bill Clinton. Kill Bill, Buck W, and Mary Barack. Oh, wow. We're going to have to dig into this. Why did you kill Bill? I feel like he'd be the best in bed. I w- I'd marry Barack, too. He just he seems like a good husband. Yeah, I'm out, I'm out on, I'm out on uh, Clinton, dude. Can't be there. But Barack, I, that's another, you know, that's a good life. All, all hypothetical, death is not a sponsor of MTP. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well... We did it. We got through the introduction somehow, but I don't want to leave out everybody's favorite niche OnlyFans model. The man who puts the pro in prophylactic, <laughs> I mean producer, the man behind the curtain, Mr. Craig D'Alessandro. Craig, in your brief on mic participation today, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the complicated geopolitical um, stance on renewable energy. Please explain in no less than 8,000 words what the United... Oh, shit. This is the wrong card. Sorry. Craig, if you could only have one cereal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Captain Crunch oops all berries. What kind of a foolish question is that? 
Wow, I'm really glad you had that ready to go. That's the wrong answer. We were obviously look we were obviously looking for Count Chocula, but like moving on. <laughs> um, all right. Let's start the show. I don't know if you remember from back at the start, but we have a banning show to do. I have with me here a genuine Susan B. Anthony, Silver Dollar. I'm going to say that Team Bilbo Baggins is heads and Team Dildo Slaggins is tails. And whoever wins can, I guess, choose if they want to go first. There might be some strategy there. So let's do it like that. Ready? Flipping. It's heads. Team Bilbo Baggins goes for. Well, do you guys want to go first or do you want to defer? Yeah, Ray, let's go first. Yep, I'm here for it. Let's do it. All right. So obviously the very first category, as we earlier discussed, is a franchise to ban permanently from history and going forward in the NBA. Gentlemen, what's your franchise? Well, from the Basketball Super League in Turkey, we're going to ban Fruity Extra Burraspor just because they're named after bubblegum. But in the NBA, the team that we are going to ban... It's not so much a banning, is it, Ray? It's more of a... Um, if it's not, then you've already lost. <laughs> it's all. It's more of an unrelocating, but we're going to ban the Oklahoma City Thunder. And here's why. The Seattle Supersonics began play in the 1967-68 season, and were beloved by the city of Seattle. The biggest reason they moved was because the state of Washington failed to provide $220 million of taxpayer money to update Key Arena. The group that bought the team from that previous ownership group had a condition in their sale to make a, and this is in quotes, good faith effort to secure a suitable arena in the Seattle area. But the new ownership group, Professional Basketball Club LLC, failed to do and then failed to persuade local governments to provide $500 million for a new arena. So they just up and moved the franchise out of the city, despite having to pay $45 million to the city of Seattle to pay off the team's existing lease at Key Arena, 20.5% of the money the original ownership group was asking for from the state of Washington. So you're going to have to pay this money anyway. Let's find more money to keep this team in Seattle. The team couldn't find an arena in Seattle, but now they play in an arena named Chesapeake Energy Arena. And while the company is headquartered in OKC, they are now... No, they are nowhere near Chesapeake Bay. And the company recently announced that it's bankrupt in 2020 and they're delisting the stock. So clearly this franchise, whether they're in Seattle or Oklahoma City, can't find a place to play. The Thunder have won just one conference title since moving from Seattle. And even with players like Kevin Durant, even though he was drafted by Seattle, Russell Westbrook and James Harden, the Seattle Supersonics actually had a history. And ever since this franchise moved to OKC, while they've been good for some years, they haven't been able to get over that hump of winning a championship. And to me, just out of principle, we need to get rid of the terrible uniforms in OKC and bring back some of the most classic uniforms and uh, one of the most well-loved franchises in the NBA. Just think, think about the players that, you know, came through that organization too, right? So, you know, Joe already talked about Durant and Westbrook, but, you know, you think about Ray Allen was through there, Rashard Lewis, you know, Gary Payton, Sean Raymond Kemp, you know, Detlef Shrimp, you know, downtown Freddie Brown that won the championship back in 1979, I believe, when they won what was former Celtics great, Dennis Johnson, Gus Williams came through there, right? You know, there's so many players that that city gave the NBA, 
And a lot of, said, a lot of great basketball, right? So they made the conference finals numerous times. They won a championship. You know, that's the team that should come back. And once again, like Joe said, the, you know, the OKC franchise. Yeah, I mean, the fans in itself are great, but the team really hasn't done much since being in existence from 2008 to now. So to me, it, that was really the easy choice for us to make and letting them go and bring it back to Seattle Supersonics. Uh, so basically what we're saying is Oklahoma City Thunder, get rid of their ass. Interesting. Interesting. Now, uh, this is a good time to remind the listeners that I, as the person you're trying to convince in order to win the game, should not be bringing my personal biases into this. In saying that's not always easy to do, and I have a strong personal bias against the existence of the Oklahoma City Thunder because I love the Seattle Supersonics and mainly because of their uniforms and also all those players that Ray mentioned, but they did have unis. And I do think that the city of Seattle does deserve a basketball team. Strong start from Team Bilbo Baggins. Gentlemen, I'm going to give you a minute to talk about their Seattle Supersonics pick before you say yours. Well, the okay, yeah, it was the the, the Thunder. I think, you know, it's hard for NBA franchises. Thanks, Mike. To- <laughs> I'm glad we got off to a great start, me and you. Good luck in the rest of the fucking show. <laughs> I'm just I was really, really hoping we could just flow past that. You know what I mean? Like It, it was like, oh, shit. Just yeah, I'm sorry. Go. You're right. You're right, Mike. I misspoke. Sorry. They, the, the Thunder. Again, my, my biases can't be uh, put in here. All I'll say is how often do you see like a new franchise either relocate or start up and they just have lots of losing seasons for a long time. And for the Thunder, it was one. One, right. I mean, they started out 23 and 59 and then they won 50 or more games out of five of their next six seasons. So they've been a pretty successful franchise. They brought us Harden, Durant, Westbrook. And, you know, without the OKC, without the Thunder, Durant doesn't go to the Warriors. Right. He doesn't have his, his first championship. So for me, I, I think it's a tough one. I think it's controversial, but I, I can't understand wiping them off the face of the earth. Yeah, no. So I just see. This isn't, you're not banning, you're banning the moving of a team. You're not actually banning a team. If you put them back in the Seattle, that team is still technically there. Bobby's trying to get you right? the technicality, guys. I'm this just saying, up. though. I'm just <laughs> saying. Like, if you think about it, you're saying we're banning a team. It's still, you're just putting them back and say, granted, I love Seattle basketball, so I'm with you. I think Seattle should have a team. So, like, I'm with it, but... You didn't really ban a team. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying it's a bold strategy. That's all I'm going to say. We'll see if it pays off, Cotton. We'll see if it pays uh, off. <laughs> good rebuttal. Good rebuttal by Mike. And moving on to uh, your guys' pick for a fran- uh, franchise to ban. Talk me into it. And I'll try and keep my personal feelings about Mike out of it. So we're, we're going to ban the New York Knicks. I mean, j- just flat Ooh. out. They, they are a, they've been around for 75 years. They're 2,800 wins and 2,900 losses. They have a, a career 44 win loss percentage, 42 playoff appearances in 75 games. But I think for me, the most damning thing is you have one of the, if not the greatest center in the history of the NBA, and you cannot put a serviceable team around him to win a championship. You can't excuse that inability. Also, they've had four winning seasons since, since 2000, and that one. One was 2011, which was a strike short year. They went 36 and 30. They've had 10 since 94, 95, which, if you remember, was Patrick Ewing's like prime. They also, in my opinion, cannot be forgiven for Allen Houston's $100 million contract. If you remember, he was really he was a really good player, right? 2001, they offered him six years, $100 million. Not one other team offered him more than 75. He couldn't finish out the last two years of his contract. That contract was so bad that the NBA actually instituted a rule named the Allen Houston rule, giving teams a chance to release one player without his contract counting against luxury tax. 
They're they are a worthless franchise, worthless ownership right now. So I'm I'm out on them. Good, Bobby. Yeah, to add on to that, so not only did they waste the career of Patrick Ewing, the most memorable thing from that entire run, when you look at that entire Patrick Ewing run, was Jeff Gam Jeff Van Gundy hanging on to Allen Houston's ankles at the bottom of a pile in the Eastern Conference Finals. You're telling me you're going to have the best center that we've seen throughout the entire 90s besides Shaquille O'Neal. So the beginning of the 90s that we've seen throughout the beginning of the 90s. And that's the most memorable moment you give him. Plus, if we bend the Knicks, the most abominable worst owner, the worst thing to happen to the NBA doesn't come into the NBA and James Dolan. All right. So you automatically eliminate James Dolan out of the NBA. So to me, that automatically takes the entire league up another peg. All right. They wasted Patrick Ewing, Carmelo Anthony. They hired Isaiah Thomas and put a black smudge on his name as the GM when he was one of the best point guards ever. Phil Jackson, another black smudge. No matter what this team touches, it turns to, to garbage instantly. So, yeah, New Knicks, you're out. Man, I mean, I thought I was going to be biased swayed by the Thunder, the Oklahoma City Thunder Mike pick, not the Seattle Superhonics thing, but I don't know. I fucking hate the Knicks. Uh, Jesus Christ. That's Those are some good points. All right, let's go over to Team Bilbo Baggins and uh, hear the rebuttal to those points. Yeah, damn. Rayshon's picturing a world where the Knicks are no longer a team. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right, and, right, and it's like, I, I told... Right, but it's like I totally understand because, like you said, James Dolan definitely is the worst owner, really, probably in all the sports now that Donald Sterling is, is gone. Right, so I, I, to me, he, he's been awful. But however, you know, they did give us players like Willis Reed. They did give us a coach like Red Holtzman. You know, one of the best point guards in the seventies, if not all in the NBA of all time, and Walt Clyde Frazier, Dave DeBusher, Jerry Lucas, Dick Barnett, you know, Patrick Ewan, Bernard King. You know, you name it. Like, they gave us so many great players that come through that town. Michael Ray Richardson. That, that might be wrong. He played for the Nets. Sorry. But but all those other guys I, I named, you know, played for New York. And once again, those guys that I named in the 70s, they brought two championships to New York. You know, New York was known as the Mecca of basketball, whether it's professionally, college, Not because of the Knicks, though. What, you know what I'm saying? But there was a time when it was that, though. You know what I'm saying? So not maybe not now, but it was a time when that was that. Once again, they, they made, you know, a documentary saying when, when the Garden was eaten because there was a time when New York really was the supreme franchise. Now, obviously, it's been 47 years since they won, so it, it makes sense to say, you know, they're a team that we can do without, but they, they've had so many great players that come through there. And far as the Allen Houston point, it's funny, like, at the time, it was a good, not the second contract it got, but when he left from Detroit because he was playing with Grant Hill, that Detroit team was really good. You know, New York prized him out of Detroit. He comes to, to New York and, you know, he hits the game winner um, against the against the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals when AC to beat the one, which was that that at that time, that's the only time that it happened besides when the Nuggets had beat the Sonics back in 94 with the Kembe Matumbo. You know, there's a lot of things, a lot of moments that I feel like they gave the, the sport of basketball. So like I said, I can understand why people would want them gone, but I can just think of so many moments more than what I just named as to why they should still be around, but they do need to turn around for sure. Well, you can, I mean, you can go to the coaching ranks too, right? And you can go, you can talk about Mark Jackson who played there. You can talk about Pat Riley. And then one other thing 
and, and I've always believed that if you change one thing in history, you change everything after it, right? So if Ray and Bobby don't start talking to each other in June of 2020, this never happens, okay? But did you know that the New York Knicks also traded for Doc Rivers? So maybe if Doc Rivers never goes to the New York Knicks, he never becomes a coach for the Boston Celtics, and he never wins a championship in 2011. I mean, we can get rid of him, but if you get rid of the New York Knicks, you very likely get rid of the 2011 uh, Boston, or I'm sorry, 2008 Boston Celtics championship. I was mixing them up with the the Bruins, but uh, you you very likely could get rid of that with a solid re- uh, recovery of the rebuttals after Ray was floored by uh, <laughs> by the initial. <laughs> Nick's chat. I'm mixing it up. I didn't tell you guys this prior to the show, but I'm mixing it up. I'm going to let you know my choices for all three categories at the very end. I buy myself time to mull it over because that was kind of hard. You both made some good points. While that's mulling like a fine wine, we're going to move on over to a final series. Final series in the history of the National Basketball Association that you want to see deleted. It'll never have happened. It'll be gone. Those players will never have played. No one will have won a championship that year and the, the repercussions therein. So um, since Bilbo Baggins started last time, let's hear what you got, Dildo Slaggins. All right. So we are going to delete what is, in my, my opinion, the least interesting and possibly worst put-together team in the history of the NBA, and that is the 2004 NBA Finals what? between the oh. Detroit Pistons and the Los Angeles Lakers. To me, this series just it, it was just dragging basketball, right? They went five games, and throughout those five games, there was one time where someone scored 100 points. One time, and that was in the clinching game five. All right, the field goal percentages. So I just want to read you off some comments or some stats from this series. All right, we had the two of the greatest players that we have seen throughout the 90s, and Carl Malone and Gary Payton. These two average five points a game and 4.2 points a game in this series, right? Three-point percentage for these two teams. The Lakers shot 24% from three, and the Pistons shot 31% from three. Both teams shot under 42% from the field and under 70% from the free throw line. All right, this series was just garbage basketball. I know that Pistons team was awesome, and I would never say that like they didn't earn what they did because I love every single player on that team. But if we're looking at the quality of basketball and what happened in an in a NBA final series, this just didn't meet that level. We had Luke Walton from the Lakers playing 19 minutes a game. Slava Medvinko never even heard of this dude. And he was averaging 16 minutes a game in this series. The people that were playing significant minutes in this NBA final series did not deserve to be on the court in an NBA finals moment whatsoever. All right. Carmelo and Gary Payton deserve better than what they were given from this series. Also, like part of my language, but fuck Larry Brown. Like I, I, I don't. I'm not a big Larry Brown guy. Like you what? have the greatest coach of our era, Phil Jackson, and you. He puts out a, the the bones and the skeletons of Gary Payton and Carl Malone. And he has to, and he has to watch Larry Brown hoist a trophy instead of him. I just think if you remove this finals. Your lasting image of Gary Payton and Carl Malone is better. You remember, you, you you think back 
fondly on them. You don't remember this train wreck of a finals after a pretty good season. But yeah, I think this is the most ridiculous and, and the most boring finals that I could ever uh, imagine. And I also knew that it was going to drive Rayshon crazy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, there was some hard, there was some hard stuff to take in there for me. I do love the idea of deleting a Lakers the Lakers even being in the finals because I hate them so much. But I, I don't know if, okay, well, let's see what the rebuttals have to say. Let's go over to team uh, Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> so, Ray, before you go, because I know you're going to go off for a while. You guys talk about the amount of minutes that some of these guys played in this. Are you, even I can remember, and I'm not, the I am probably the, of, of the four hosts of the people actually on the show. I, I am the least versed in national the National Basketball Association, but I can tell you, that I know Rip Hamilton, Chauncey Billups, Rashid Wallace, Ben Wallace, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, Derek Fisher, Gary Payton, Carl Malone. I don't care about the guys that were playing 16 minutes. Those are the guys that really mattered. Right. And I can name every single one of them and knew every single one of them were on these teams. So to, to delete that, when you have to ban that, when you have that much talent and that much star power and how many of those guys are hall of famers, that's pretty bad to to delete that, even if it would make maybe how people view Carl Malone and Gary Payton. I mean, it, it was during a time when the Lakers were dominating. And that's why Dave mentions he likes the idea of deleting the Lakers in the finals altogether because we're all Celtics fans in some way, shape or form. So, of course, we want to get rid of the Lakers. But I, I just can't see deleting that much history and that kind of those kinds of names from NBA lore. Yeah. All right. So I'll start with Carl Malone because that's where, you know, Mike kind of took his biggest shot during his little soliloquy over there. I, I mean, I wonder what last thing moment were you thinking of? Were you thinking of when he missed? And I'm, I'm saying in the finals because not overall in his career, but in the finals. So are we thinking about in, you know, g- you know, game one in 97 him missing free throws to losing the game? Are we thinking about Michael Jordan's game winner in game six in 98? You know, just pick one, pick, pick one of, of a moment that we're going to remember since he didn't do much in 2004, right? Him and GP were on the tail end of their career. They were ring chasing before ring chasing became a thing, right? Because now that's, you know, social media. Oh, you're ring chasing. Listen, the Carl Malone, Gary Payne, listen, those, those guys were awesome players, but that has, it had, to me, that had nothing to do with them. And the, listen, the Detroit Pistons, when, when we speak about team, and, and once again, Bobby loves that aspect of team. I can't believe Bobby, of all people, chose the probably the best team, not best individual players, not guys that had loaded, loaded teams, loaded Hall of Famers. A team, T-E-A-M, team, Hamilton, Billups, Rashid, Ben Wallace, Tayshawn Prince. I'm, I'm, I'm probably Mrs. Uh, Memon O'Core at the time. Like they had a, they had a, they had a team and that team defended. So yes, where everything now was 147 to 141, just like it was in the 80s and like how it is now. Yeah, I want to see someone lock them the hell down. And that's what Detroit did. The only thing you remember in that series is Kobe Bryant hitting the game winner in game two. And it was like, oh, man, the Lakers are back. And then what happened? They got back to Detroit and Detroit beat their ass three, three games in a row. And they beat them four to one. So that's what I remember. I don't remember Gary Payne and, and Luke Walton, you know, who's an awful coach now in Sacramento, playing 19 minutes a game. Who cares? They they got smoked, and I'm happy they got smoked. And the, Detroit shouldn't go nowhere. Rip Hamilton says they're the best five alive. That's my guy. Shout out to UConn. Shout out to Rip Hamilton. Shout out to Coastville. That's where he's from. He's also my best friend's, uh, you know, grandfather. That's where he's from too. So that's why you know I'm a fan of Rip Hamilton too. But nah, man, you would talk. 
Bobby, you love teams, man. I can't believe that she went there, but hey, it, it is what it is. I get it. But like I said, the Detroit was an awesome team. And I just, to me, they're, they're not going anywhere. Get out of here. <laughs> I mean, it, it brings up some interesting points because it's all coming back to me now. Like Chauncey Billups being a finals MVP was crazy. Not, no one would have seen that coming, but it was like the best guy on a team full of good guys. And then they ended the, they ended the Kobe Shaq era. You know, like that was the end of it. They three-peated and then it was like the Pistons stopped them short. So all Celtics fans should have been happy about that because I know for a fact I've been listening about listening to fucking three-peat talk for the, you know, 15 years since or whatever. Imagine if they won four in a row. Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you, Detroit Pistons. Plus, Jesus, I, we pick on the city of Detroit a lot in this show, man. They don't have a lot. You know, you're taking away their one basketball championship. Jesus fucking Christ. They barely put Pistons in the fucking Hall of Fame. I, You know, Joe made the point how many Hall of Famers are playing. I'm pretty sure every Hall of Famer that played in that series was on the fucking Lakers. Correct. No, no. <laughs> Outside of Larry Brown, Dave, you're right. Larry Brown, yeah, Hall of I don't think, I'll, and yeah, which no is player. not fair. I think Rip Hamilton and Chauncey Billups and Rasheed Wallace, maybe not Ben Wallace, are all Hall of Famers at least. So, or, or should be or will be eventually. So right, that's maybe not fair. That's maybe not fair. But right now, I'm they're gonna, not. Yeah, right now they're not though. And I think, and there was a lot of Hall of Famers on that Lakers team. And it was, you know, it was a true underdog story. I feel like this is a Mike pick. I think Bobby got talked into this one. <laughs> am, am I right about that? No, I fucking hated that Lakers team. And that's why I actually they lost. On the why would you hate block. them? I why know. You- but the, just even the way they were put together from day one just pissed me off. So when I saw I could ban that entire fucking. I just don't even want them in my existence anymore because that team just fucking pissed me off from day one. So that's how that's how the Lakers have always been had. formed. I know, but it was uh, that was different though because they didn't just take. It, it was worse than the star chasing we see now because they literally took guys that were on their last legs and they put them out there like they were going to be a championship team and they deserve better than what the Lakers did to them that year. That's all I thought was like, fuck the Lakers for doing that to Carmelo and Gary Payton. They didn't deserve to be on that big stage and look like shit. Cause that's what they did the entire series. Like they weren't even basketball players anymore. They literally, they both averaged less than five points a game. And they're Hall of Fame. I know, Shaq players. was still you dropping like 38, though. <laughs> it was, it was, all, was so much fun to watch. That's all that was. That's all that was. So it was just like, are you guys kidding me? Like, that's what you're going to show me. That's the Carmelone and Gary Payton you're going to show me had a chance to fucking win a championship. Get the fuck out of here. Sell me on that shit all year. Yo, you know what's crazy? Carmelone's like number two all time. Yeah, Carmelone was 40, though. That's what right. I mean. What the fuck yeah. were they doing? Carmelo was saying. forty, and he was. I know you're giving shit for his six, first point it's averages. It's just though. a disgrace to the NBA Finals. If you go That's back fair. and watch those tapes, it's just a disgrace to what you expect from the NBA Finals. I'll, I'll say G- this though, Bobby. G- if you watch, if you watch those, those like any old final series, like pre nineteen ninety eight, it's shockingly different than watching the NBA now. There's a lot of like around the rim play, all that stuff. And I will say to your point, also, Ray about ring chasing it is an absolute fucking myth that it started recently will chamberlain did that shit will chamberlain demanded a fucking trade to the los angeles lakers like people just because of the social media era people go like oh what the fuck kevin durant i agree because it's like they've been doing it for years small market teams in the nba can't win for that reason it's a, it didn't feel like a ring chase to me it felt like the lakers it felt like a lakers ring chase to me that's what it felt like from day one it didn't feel like what, the, what do you want to go for four straight though 
Yeah, of course, but right. like, and, and, well, actually, matter, matter of fact, it, that's it not that's not the. It wasn't four straight, was it? It wasn't going to be four yeah, straight. It, was four, it, it, no, it, it would have been four or five years because San Antonio four out of five because they yeah. lost that one year. Uh, yeah. It was oh, it was oh, it's 2000, 2001, 2002, and then they lost in 03. That was the yeah. three peat. Okay, yeah. cool. I don't know because fuck the Lakers. If you have the opportunity, if you have Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant, who we know that they they had a rift between them, if you have Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, and Derek Fisher, and you have the opportunity to bring in Gary Payton and Carl Malone, are you saying no? Well, you know what I mean. Like, are you? Would you actually say no? And I understand your point, and I don't disagree. But are you actually going to say no to bringing them in, even though they were thirty-five and forty? respectively at the time like yeah you bring them in and if you're ring chasing that's fine i mean that is what the nba has always been about more than any other league except for maybe now the nfl this year with what tampa's trying to do and if it means that when it comes down to the shit and grind down to game five when a clinching game and you have to trot out there as two key pieces Luke Walton and Slava Medvedenko. Yeah, I think I'd pass. I'm sorry. I think I would. You know what I, I'm just like, there are so many other pieces that could have built that team. And like, listen, I, we always say we have to remove ourselves from our fandom. All right. And I'm just saying that was a disgrace. Shit, I haven't been doing that. Was, that was a disgrace. <laughs> well, well, I tried to. No, I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll get on I'm, it. I'm, I'm high and mighty. All right. I'm fine. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just saying. Like, it was just a disgrace to what I expect from the NBA Finals. I remember watching it and being like, this is fucking, I love, listen, I love Rip Hamilton. I was a UConn fan from day one. So I love, I it shames me, or it shames me, not shames me. It pains me to take away a championship from Rip Hamilton. Here we go. But that was not a display. <laughs> Mike's like, here comes bad. Bobby making a point for the other team. <laughs> hey, well, all right. I know we should probably move on to the third category, but let me just throw this out there because this was always Shaq's thing, right? Shaq in this series, series shot a 49.1% from the line. Wild. That's so bad. You guys didn't tell me yours yet, though, right? We got bogged down in that. All right, so we're going back oh, yeah, over because right, we, we got bogged down in that. And, you know, I'll save it for the end, but it doesn't look good for you guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving over to um, Team Bilbo Baggins, tell me what final series would you ban? So we actually, you know, got into time machine and just went two years further back. <laughs> we're canceling the 2002 finals between the Nets and the Lakers. And maybe not for the reason that you think, but if you remember, that's the team that, Oh, that's the the 2001-2002 season was the first year that the Celtics under the Paul Pierce ever really started to have some type of promise, right? Like, you know, they started yeah. to climb a little bit, climb a little bit. You know, Vipatino's finally gone. You know, Jim O'Brien, who was assistant, takes over. And, you know, they go 49-33. to 33. They smack Philadelphia in, in, in the closing game in the first round. They beat Detroit, who had, you know, Chauncey Billups in that time and Jerry Stacker. They beat that team. And then they, you know, they faced the Nets, right? But the Nets got swept in that finals. And like I said, we lost to them in six games, but... I just I want to cancel that finals because I felt like it should have been the Celtics there, right? And once again, I get it. Jason Kidd was probably the best player in the East at that time. And then when you know you pair him with Kettles and you pair him with K Martin and Richard Jefferson and Aaron Williams and you know Lucius Harris, I, I get it. But to me, you know, I'm forever pissed about that series because I wanted Boston to get there. Would we have beaten Kobe and Shaq? No. But as Bobby knows, because we talked about this off the air. There was a game that year in Los Angeles, that same season, that L.A. was just annihilating the Celtics. And, you know, Tommy Heisen, God rest his soul, get on there. Mike, 
<laughs> we're going to win this game. I'm telling you, we're going to win this game. I love Walter. And that's, you know, he was in. I, I'll never forget that. And Antoine Walker hits a, a, about 1.5 seconds left on the clock. Hits, hits a shot off the glass. And you hear Mike Gorman, got it. Antoine Walker off the glass. 1.5. And, and I'm going nuts in my grandma's living room, right? So I wanted that moment in the finals for Antoine. I wanted that moment in the finals for Paul Pierce. I wanted Kenny Anderson, you know, who got there, you know, before with some other teams, but just never got that chance to be on their stage. Like I wanted them to win, you know, as we ring the alarms, because we wanted to ring the alarm and bring the Celtics to the NBA finals and get the job done. So the Nets can get out of there. And once again, if, you know, maybe we might break up the three P two, if we get there too. So who knows? So, you know, that 2002 finals, get it out of here. Yeah, I mean, Jason Kidd was the best part of that team in 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 my mind, right? I mean, we at least Detroit had a, a better. I mean, granted, New Jersey finished first in the East that year, but, but it, there was so much to look at that year. And and had the Celtics gotten there, there's no way they get swept. So, I mean, why not? Why let's just get rid of it. And and you know what? Another one of our favorite Celtics of all time was on that New Jersey team. And, you know, I, I just feel like we need to take away his pain of getting swept by the Lakers in the finals. And that's Brian Scalabrini. Let's just, let's just take it exactly, away. Exactly. The white mama. That's right. That's right. right. Exactly. And let's, you know, the white mama got swept by the black mama and that's just the, the way it goes. And again, I mean, we all want to see the, the Lakers have a series taken away, have a ring taken away. So let's take this one away because that, that Nets team didn't deserve to be there. Right. And either year, oh, two or three. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I remember that final series for that Pierce run because uh, Celtics run, because it was the first year I ever watched the Celtics. I was living in Chicago at the time, mostly watching the Chicago bears. My brother came home from college and showed me the, showed me the Boston Celtics before I even knew I was going to move to Massachusetts. So that was a magical year. You really, you really touched the cockles of my heart, bringing that year up. The rest is history. As they say, I haven't decided yet, Bobby, I haven't decided yet, but I'll yeah, let you guys know at the end of the show. Like haven't decided. Really sounds like you haven't decided. Yeah, Why you- we just went different routes on that one. All right, you, uh, you, you, you played to the heart. I just played to the basketball nerd myself, and I just Bobby. Someone said that they went the winning route, and we went the losing route. So we might have- well with that. We haven't decided that yet. It's been decided. I mean, we could, we could all see. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, like, I, I, I really like. I wish we went to the finals that year too. So like I couldn't even argue against <laughs> what you just said. So like that's the thing is like I'm I'm not no. I'm not going for the other team, but I'm just saying that would have been fucking awesome if that team went to the finals. So fuck, we just talked about that the other night. So that's bullshit. Well, I know I'm what's interesting mad. though. Like before we move on, is like typically what happens is we articulate our point and then they will, and he'll be like, oh yeah, like you're right. This time we were like, oh okay, well Bobby was like, this is going to be a winning one. This finals was so bad. This is the only one. And then within 30 seconds of Ray Sean saying what he said, I get a little message from Bobby saying, well, that was an L for us. He knew. And I was just trying to keep the <laughs> Bobby's the equivalent of the guy who doesn't know which way you're playing, so he runs and starts scoring points on his own basket. <laughs> uh, Not true. Wait, so is that your rebuttal, guys? You guys know me. You guys know me. You even appealed to my Celtics heart. And you know my Celtics heart beats 10 times bigger than everyone else's. (laughs) It's fine. Fuck you. Fuck you. It doesn't matter. Everyone everyone listens to Celtics fans, too, so they're just going to appreciate it when it comes down to it. All right? Bobby, see how much we we like you when it comes to the Celtics, but when it comes to the Cowboys, not so much. 
Moving on, moving on to fight to the final category. Trying to let's, let's try and wrangle these cats into a bag at this point, Bobby. I thought it was a great performance. Otherwise, before you started scoring their points for it, but otherwise, I thought your points you're very passionate, and it, it almost has me swayed. So we'll see where it goes. I don't know yet. Okay, give me. Yeah, I deserve to. I mean, Bobby does. DK, like, why don't you? He's already given them the point. Why? Because that's not how the fucking game works, guys. All right, try not to bring down the whole goddamn house of cards. Moving on to the last category. <laughs> Chill out, Kevin Spacey over there. Jeez, <laughs> I was just—you oh, beat me to it. Trade is the final category. I'm going to go over to Team Bilbo Baggins because they've been better behaved on this podcast, and I'm going to ask them what. It's the one the trade in the history. Yes, it is actually. What is the one trade in the history of the National Basketball Association dating back to its creation that you would ban from history? Tell me, go. All right. There's so many trades in the NBA that have been one-sided, lopsided, but this one has more controversy behind it because this trade alone started something none of us like again, started it again, and then – uh, well, let me just read you through it. We're going to go with the Pau Gasol trade to the Lakers on February 1st, 2008. It's considered one of the most lopsided trades of its time, not in the history of the NBA, but of its time. As Pau Gasol was acquired for uh, him and a second round pick uh, for Kwame Brown, Javaris Crittenton, Aaron McKee, the rights to his brother, Mark. I know, Ray, I'm just going off what I got. Mark Gasol and two first round picks. All right. That's pretty lopsided because three years later, there was another trade conversation involving Pau Gasol with Chris Paul. The Lakers wanted to acquire Chris Paul and Dwight Howard in 2011, but and ultimately send Pau Gasol to Houston. The trade was ultimately struck down by David Stern as it was not in the best interest of the league. But the trade involving Gasol in 2008 led to the team winning two championships and then essentially running the league. But the 2011 trade wouldn't have been in the best interest of the league, but it probably would have been more lopsided had it been allowed to happen. And that probably would have been what we would have banned then. So let's just get rid of this one and get rid of two more Lakers championships, right? Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, every time I hear about that trade, like I laugh because I'm like, you know, Javaris Crandon, and it's funny because I've read on NBA.com, I've like I read the press release of the trade, and they talked about, you know, yeah, you know, the Lakers already have guards like Farmer and Fisher and somebody else, but it was like, oh, you know, Crandon is taller, you know, he's going to be more versatile. And I laugh because if, if you don't know anything about Javaris Crandon, he's someone that ended up getting in trouble in Washington with Gilbert Arenas. And, you know, it's like, it's a slam dunk to make jokes about that because he has more gun charges than he does NBA wins probably. You know, it's unbelievable to see that he was really a touted piece in that trade in 2008. And I mean, like you said, that, I mean, that 2011 thing probably would have been, would have surpassed this. But I mean, my God, you basically gave Paul Gasol up for a bag of chips and, you know, a, a, a diet Pepsi. And it was unbelievable to me that they would say, here, you know what? Kobe, you guys are number one in the West. You know, you came off a, a year where you had 35 points, even though you guys lost the seven games to Phoenix the year before. You know what? You guys are doing well this year. Let's give you another crack at the ring. You know, thank thank God the Celtics ended up winning that year. But, you know, you know, the next year, giving them back-to-back championships and giving them another run, like Joe said, really is just unforgivable. So for, for that, I forever am was pissed off at David Stern, God rest his soul, even though you're the best commissioner this league that league has ever seen and really sports has ever seen, in my opinion. I was really mad that they let that happen at the time and still are because, like I said, it went from Kobe having three rings to him having five. And, yeah, so that just further, you know, helped the Lakers narrative help their franchise. So that, that pissed me off. 
Good rebuttal. Although two things have been said tonight that I categorically disagree with. You just said David Stern's the best commissioner in the history of NBA basketball. I think Adam Silver's better. And Mike earlier said that Phil Jackson is the best coach in our lifetime. And it's definitely Greg Popovich. So just wanted to make sure I called that out. Moving over to the rebuttal oh, well, section. We, we agree about the, Pop, so I'm here for that. Yeah, like, I'm, there you go. I'm with you on that 50, one, big 50, fella. 50, 50, yeah. He's buttering me up. That's what yeah. he's doing. He's <laughs> trying to get this last win. Moving over to the rebuttal of that of that Pau Gasol trade. What do you guys think? Why is it important? Why should we keep it? So it's not that we should keep it. It's just... Uh, <laughs> oh, no. It's... <laughs> It's you're telling me that's the most lopsided trade and like it's this crazy lopsided trade, but yet now we see people get traded for like 14 first round draft picks, but those are okay. So you're telling me that just two draft picks indicates that like this is the most lopsided. Like no, listen, they they got Pau Gasol and they got back two draft picks, Kwame Brown and some good role players on that team and Marcus all who is still in this league making an impact to this day so they got back honestly one of the most in that deal the most the player with the longest longevity out of everyone so in my opinion that deal wasn't that lopsided I don't think it meets the criteria it's not fitting changing the league in any way like it you're just taking away a couple championships in the Lakers who says Kobe Bryant's not going to win those championships anyways it's fucking Kobe Bryant he's one of the best basketball players we've ever seen man yeah I mean it, you guys are just pandering you just you just know Dave hates the Lakers like I, yeah. I applaud it but like that's not a that's not an earth-shattering trade to not to not to interrupt you Mike but I but I am going to interrupt you I'm sorry <laughs> but it doesn't pander to me because the way I view it if they don't trade for Pau Gasol then the Lakers don't go to the finals and we don't get to beat the Lakers in the 08 finals I that's how I view it so don't worry about me like this trade doesn't even crack the top 10 for me like i don't think that this is alter like league altering at all or but i mean it's a good for you guys for arguing for it i, I can't even argue against it because it it's, it's that not important to me what a dick <laughs> <laughs> it, well but it was precedent setting it, it set a precedent because the, again then a, a, a trade three years later was struck down with this trade in mind because they felt it directly led to two championships but if that trade happens, Chris Paul probably makes a bigger impact on that team than fucking Paul Gasol would. You know what I mean? Like, you, you take away this trade, then they get Chris Paul. Hey, man, listen, they, they don't win without Paul Gasol. Nin- 19 and 9 and 2 for his career? No way. That he that was the big man he needed, which he didn't, he, he didn't think he needed after Shaq left in 04. But when they got Gasol, that gave him the guy in the middle because Andrew Bynum. But if Marc Gasol develops into the player that he was supposed to be, they might. No, he's he's Paul Gasol is better than Mark though. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, what happened in Memphis though? Nothing. No, I'm saying what you're saying is right, but what happened in Memphis? Because he he played well in Memphis, but what happened with him was Zach Randolph. He didn't have Kobe Bryant in Memphis. Yeah, but it's not Kobe Bryant, bro. Kobe Bryant makes centers look magical. They made the Western Conference Finals about I think two times, right? I'm just saying. Yes. Okay, but they, they but they lost. I mean, he he did he. It's still a Gasol there. Yeah. Hey man, he he was he was a pal. <laughs> he was a pal. He was good, but he was a pal. Just saying. And yeah, it took him a lot longer to be good. Mark, like the Mark's trade stock wasn't super high when that trade went down. But uh... and to to Dave's point earlier, just the last point to Dave's point earlier is that so many players and why that 2011 trade was struck down. So many players move from small market teams, meaning that they're likely not going to win a championship. So if Pau Gasol stays in Memphis. Uh, maybe Memphis is able to build something instead of that trade going through. And maybe Memphis uh, wins two championships down the line and, and LA doesn't. 
Yeah, I mean that. And, uh, and sorry, last point to that too, because that team, I think that team had made the playoffs maybe two years before that trade had happened. You know, people forget that team had Mike Miller, Show Miles Swift, Damage Stoudemire. You know, that those Grizzly teams were, were pretty decent in the mid 2000s once Hubie Brown took over and became their coach. So I don't know. Like I said, I mean, do they get to the finals? I mean, that that would have been that would have been great because you know that would have been great for Memphis to be known for something outside of their great ribs. But I, to me, I. Like I said, I just think that trade really did help trade. So that's funny that Mike would even say that it's not even his top 10. That's fine. I can't wait to hear what they say. So I can say it's not important to me either. So let's hear it. Yeah, uh, I guess that's as good a transition as any, guys. Let's hear who what trade you're going to ban. Thank you, Mr. Sizzle, Team Hollywood Broadway. I didn't know about the name change before the show and our fellow listeners. On July 17, 1992, a travesty occurred. The Philadelphia 76ers dealt their best player, Charles Barkley, to the Phoenix Suns for Jeff Hornacek, Andrew Lang, and Tim Perry. It's a trade that the then-GM Jim Linehan said he still regrets to this day. A few questions that can be asked. What could have been? How would the Sixers have fared if they had kept Barkley? What would the Bulls, Pacers, Knicks, and Magic all looming in the East, an NBA championship, or even a conference title looks improbable, but instead of having to wait until the 98-99 season to make the playoffs again, the Sixers would have stuck around in the postseason mix. They would have picked lower than number two in the 1993 draft and therefore would not have made the infamous decision to take Sean Bradley over Penny Hardaway and Jamal Mashburn. In the 95-96 seasons, Barkley turned 33 years old but still averaged 23.2 points and 11 rebounds per contest, making his 10th All-Star game. The Sixers probably wouldn't have uh, had a great season, but they definitely would not have lost 64 games and won the opportunity to draft Allen Iverson. Nevertheless, in one of the best drafts ever, the team still might have snagged Kobe Bryant 13th overall or Steve Nash 15th overall. Either one of those Hall of Famers paired with Barkley would have dramatically altered the dynasty of the Chicago Bulls and the NBA as we know it. For these reasons and others that you will hear, we call for the immediate dismissal and permanent banning of this trade from the history books. I yield the floor to Bobby. So beyond the Kobe Bryant portion, the thing that impacts everything the most is that what we do is we take a piece we put Charles Barkley in the Eastern Conference for Michael Jordan to have to go through every single season from 1992 until he retires. Okay, so at this point, there is no way. So you think about the competition that Michael actually had to get out of the East throughout that entire run. The best teams are the Bulls and the Pacers. If you put Charles Barkley and Kobe Bryant or Charles Barkley and Steve Nash or any of those prolific players from that 96 draft, with Charles Barkley, that is a force to be reckoned with, and you change everything about the NBA. You don't just change Michael Jordan. You change how we look at LeBron James right now. You change how we look at so much of the NBA right now because I guarantee you there would have been at least one or two years where the Sixers beat the Bulls in seven and we're seeing Sixers jazz or we're seeing Sixers rockets instead of Bulls every single year. I'm just saying you look at the competition. It's just, it's just, you see it. Reggie Miller, Allen Houston. Those were the biggest pieces he had to get by in the East. And now you're going to put Charles Barkley and possibly Steve Nash, Charles Barkley and possibly Kobe Bryant, Charles Barkley and possibly Penny Hardaway. There's so many options in that 96 draft that you could have built a powerhouse coming out of that East to stop Michael Jordan. And it would have changed so much. Maybe he stays a little longer. Maybe he doesn't retire after six 
Or maybe he doesn't even get that six, and all of a sudden it's not Michael coming back to the Wizards. It's Michael playing for the Bulls until 2002. You know, there's so much altering history that takes place if Charles Barkley never leaves the Eastern Conference. Wow. Compelling stuff. I especially liked the uh, thematic <laughs> Senate readoff by Mike Marcangelo. That was that was definitely that definitely hit the spot for me. All right, guys, what do you what do you have to say? Why can't we ban that trade? Okay, can you tell me the date of that trade again, Mike? July 17th, 1992. I guarantee you no one's talked about that trade since 1992. <laughs> we just Mike. talked about it. We just talked, no, I'm saying, but no, no, I'm saying no one's talked about it to now, right? Charles Barkley wasn't the reason that Jordan was going to not make it through the East, right? His He went seven with the Knicks. He went seven with Detroit. Those teams lost. Some of those teams lost to the Celtics early on. They lost to Cleveland early on before they started being Cleveland. Cleveland was more formidable. New York was more formidable. Detroit was more formidable. You know, so there's other teams that would have gotten it before you even thought about Philly, right? And Philly was in transition mode after losing Moses Malone, after losing Dr. J, Maurice Cheeks, you know, Andrew Tony, you know, you Mike Garveroni, you, you name it. They they lost a lot of people. So by the time Charles was really in his prime, Philly was making it in the first round. But I know I remember the Knicks swept them in the late 80s. They they just really weren't a good team in Philly. So my thing is, even if you do get to 96 and you know, you guys forgot out one part, which is okay. You know, that's why I'm here to help. The year before they drafted Jerry Stackhouse in, in 95 out of my favorite college team, University of North Carolina. You know, Stackhouse and Iverson was a pretty good tandem, uh, well, at least for two years before they traded Jerry Stackhouse. But a trio of Stackhouse, Barkley, and Iverson at that time wasn't going to do anything in the East. And honestly, Allen Iverson, if you go back to the tape, he he was the consensus pick at number one. He was the right pick at number one. So, it, you know, it wasn't, you know, we, you know, I get it. Ray Allen was in that draft. You know, Kobe was in that draft. Nash was in that draft. Jermaine O'Neal was in that draft. Pedro Stoyakovich was in that draft. You know, so there, there was that's probably outside of '84 and two out of three. That's probably the best draft really of all time. So I, I get it. I, I, I that it adds to your narrative, and I, I completely understand that. But I just don't think at that time, seeing a trio of Stackhouse, Barkley, and Iverson really gets the job done. Because my, mind you, '96, the Bulls just came off that that '72 and '10 win season. There was no one beating them once they got Rodman and Pippen to add to that team with Ron Harper and you know Luke Longley and those guys. Like they they were just so cohesive. You know, Steve Kerr doing his thing. Like that team was not losing Jeff Hornacek, who ended up being, you know, a guy that the Bulls ended up facing later on. But I mean, Jeff Hornacek wasn't someone to write home about. He wasn't that in Phoenix. He wasn't that in Utah. He, you know, he gets you 15 points a game, but you know, that was, that was so good. He would have helped out your boy, Carmelone. You know, we talked about him early in the segment and he didn't, you know, Charles, unfortunately couldn't get the job done, but you know, was it a lopsided trade? Sure. Is it something that most people talk about? Not really, in my opinion. Like I said, I haven't heard about it really until we talked about it now. But to me, I, I don't consider that the most lopsided trade ever because it wasn't something that wasn't going to – it didn't change the whole landscape of the NBA. It just gave Phoenix a really good team, well, and they still fell to just, just, number 23, Michael Jordan. So we, we can't rebut the rebut real quick. No, you can't because I got to rebut. I got to right, I gotta right. rebut the rebut of the rebut. I'll rebut so, rebut after. Charles Barkley had – he was 30 years old at the time that he was traded in in 1990 the 92 93 season okay he he had a number of issues while he was in Philadelphia and everything that you see when you look into this trade is that Philadelphia 
was looking to move in a different direction. So really all Philly was trying to do was unload this player, regardless of who it was. They were trying to unload one of the best players of that time to get a number of pieces back in order to revamp their franchise. And Phoenix at the time had those pieces that they wanted, and that's what they went out and did, which you can't really blame a franchise for wanting to do that. And you can look at it and say, well, if they had kept them, maybe they would have done this against Chicago. Well, Charles Barkley was big and lumbering and slow. He wasn't going to keep up with the pace of the teams in the East that you talk about with the Pacers and the Bulls. So they did what was best for them at the time. And it allowed a small market team like Phoenix to get really good really fast. That's one reason why I think it's a great trade. And it was on the other end. And we usually say teams get fleeced by trader Danny. I think the Suns fleeced Philadelphia in this trade without a doubt, but you can't say that it's one of the, I mean, we all are passing over probably one of the worst trades of all time. And that's when Charlotte traded Kobe Bryant, but this trade was not nearly as bad, even though you can, but if you look like two or three levels deeper, you can understand why it wasn't, a bad trade. Just, I, just, I just have two points. It's just because they were just directly mentioned, Bobby. I'm sorry, and I'm sorry, Senate President. But to your point, Joe, actually, Jim, uh, Madam Speaker, sorry, from Ma- now on, please. Madam, Thank you, Madam Sizzle. The so the, the general manager at the time, That's the so general manager better. at the time so was on a podcast <laughs> this year in 2020 and said, Charles, from him, from his perspective, he made it known in no uncertain terms that he didn't want to be here. And I would say in hindsight, this is just me, my own personal opinion. We made a big mistake in listening to him. I tell Charles this to this day. They didn't want him out. He wanted out because they were unable to build around him. This is still being talked about. That podcast happened in, in May of 2020. So they, they still feel it. It's still relevant and it could have brought, it could have just altered the league, but go ahead, Bobby. So you guys say that, you know, Charles Barkley wasn't in his prime. He wouldn't have brought them. You know, he won the MVP the year after they traded him to the Suns. He won the MVP the next year. So you're telling me that, yeah, I brought out the year telling me. That's right. It's like the eighth time you said it on this podcast, he, just for the record. <laughs> I know. It's the debate. It's the debate in me, you know? So you take him and you put him on the Sixers team. Yes, they're not as good as the Suns were. But like we said, they're right in that 500 area. They're fighting for those playoff spots. They happen to miss out on the playoffs 96. They're right there for one of these guys. And if Barkley is there, and he is his prime Barkley. Like, I think you guys forget what Charles Barkley was when he was a player. He wasn't a slow, and he wasn't a guy just, you know, a big lumbering guy down the court. No, he was an athletic 6'10 power forward that w- would out-athleticism centers to rebounds. He was getting 21 rebounds a game because of how athletic and how strong he was. Not because of how big he was. It had nothing to do with his lumbering, you know, ridiculousness. No, this dude knew how to play basketball. He knew how to get rebounds and he knew how to score. If he's in that Eastern Conference, it's a whole different element throughout the whole 90s. It adds a whole wrinkle that no one that that Michael Jordan and that team wouldn't have been built for. It's just a whole different element in that whole dynasty. 
Right, but that's why we said 96, though, because like I said, 92, duh. Like you said, he won the MVP. That makes sense. But 96 is actually when he would have been the year that he got to Houston. So that 96, 97 year, when he he teamed up with Drexler, he teamed up with Akeem Olajuwon and really formed a super team in Houston, he, he still had a really decent year playing with those guys. But matter of fact, you know who put him out? <laughs> Jeff Hornacek in, 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 the, <laughs> in the Utah Jazz. John Stockton had a game winner to send him home in six games. So it's, it's just like, I'm not, he would have had good numbers. Once again, they would have been entertaining. I, I just don't see... I don't see them getting to that next level, even at age 33. They would have made the playoffs, like you said, but my thing, you talk about contending and beating Mike, 96, 97, 98 Mike, even though the Bulls were on their last run as we saw on the last dance, I don't know. Them, them guys were just different at that time, man. Michael and Scotty were the best duo, and everyone was underneath. You know, That's my take on it, but it could have happened. But like I've the, made we'll my choices. Know. I'm going to go in reverse order since uh, we're talking about the – Pau Gasol trade versus the Charles Barkley trade in 92. I'm going to I'm going to let them ban the Charles Barkley trade. It's for a few reasons. One is I do agree that it's a more interesting landscape if Barkley stays in the East. I was thinking before Bobby said it, I was thinking I think he won the MVP right around that time, so it's kind of a dumb trade for the Sixers. I like I think about Barkley as a 76er, like his attitude, his like whole thing. I know that his most famous highlights, he's got that Phoenix Suns jersey on because his most famous highlights involve him getting in a fist fight with Shaquille O'Neal. But 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 otherwise, I just I got to let him end because the Pau Gasol thing, like I said, he gets the Lakers to their losing to their losing series. He's also kind of responsible for their winning series, too, along with Kobe. But I'm going to let that trade let that trade go. Charles, if you're listening, you stayed on the 76ers. So stop telling people you played for the Suns. Going back one more category. What final series am I going to allow uh, banned? I think that we. So that was sort of <laughs> everybody's looking at me like I think we already know the answer to that question. The Bilbo Baggins team does win that one. I do need a reminder. Give me a quick refresher. What did you guys pick? O2 series, right? Uh, right, right. Lakers. It, it doesn't matter what it is because you already got rid of it, right? No That's why remembers. it's probably uh. <laughs> it's already been deleted from the from my brain and it definitely mm. isn't the alcohol yeah. abuse that made it uh, maybe not remember <laughs> Wait, this shit really works yeah dude this you really know. works we're, we're banning stuff we're changing lives over here all right dan wow. campbell was not named the head coach of the detroit lions because yeah. they don't exist <laughs> so call back <laughs> so as it's tied at 1-1 i'm gonna go back to the first category which i did think was the closest team bilbo baggins wanted to ban the oklahoma city thunder because they thought that the seattle supersonics deserves to deserve to still be a franchise and team dildo swaggins wanted to ban the new york knicks because of all their shitty nick related you know shenanigans in the past probably two and a half to three decades of our lives you can't ban the knicks it, you just can't. It's not. It, it you can't do it. It's. I know and we hate them. Ah, it's James it's Dolan, a, bro. How much do you hate James Dolan? I have to. I, know, I, have I to know that hate runs deep in your blood. Out of it, and I just I think, of course he does. On pure Spike Lee, <laughs> you know, I, I just wouldn't want to rub him the wrong way. He's one of my favorite directors. The Five Blows was great, and he see. Their stadium is famous because opposing players go off in their stadium. It's not even famous for them. Famous for it's famous because Michael Jordan scored 65. All right. Michael Jordan is one of the greatest basketball players of all You're time. You're right, Bobby. You've changed my mind. Dildo <laughs> Swaggins wins. No, I'm just kidding. You guys lost. Sorry. Sorry. No, I just, it's honestly, Dave, can I add? It's honestly just that, like, the Knicks, as much, and it was Ray Sean's point that swayed me. I was very down to ban the Knicks when you guys brought it up, but. 
they are important. You know, they are important. No, no, Even if we are beating up on them, they were important in the seventies. They're not. They've not been. Were important means them. are important. You know, and and the, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Unfortunately, right. we could lose them, and like nothing that bad would happen. You know, when you watch anything related to time travel and they always say like, don't go back in time and change anything. And then like somebody steps on a fucking twig and then they go back and all their families have like asses grown out of the sides of their heads. I feel like if we did, we, if we're safer to delete the Oklahoma city thunder, cause nothing bad's going to happen. If we delete the Knicks, like something's going to get fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, and that's in the space time continuum too much has gone on, you know, like it's, so hold on. Hold, we're not hold going on. end game time travel theory. It's not a separate, <laughs> We're not going separate time so, timeline over here. Yeah. yeah, like like all movies, them travel in our banning show makes absolutely no fucking sense. So, <laughs> <laughs> because it, we don't know how time travel works. Anyway, I'm gonna play us out with a rendition of Johnny Be Good as Marty McFly does at the end of the first Back to the Future, trying to get his parents together at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. That's some Back to the Future trivia for you, although pretty basic. That's it. That's it. I'm um, congratulations to Team Bilbo Baggins for winning. That about does it for get that out of here. Uh, I appreciate all your participation in this week's game show. Congratulations to the winners. They get a bonus point toward their NBA predictions for this season. Go listen to that show if you haven't listened to it and get caught up on the context. If you haven't listened to our recent shows, we have a great NHL preview that the guys did came out last week or this week. Well, it's out. And Mike and I interviewed mixed martial artist and friend of the show, Hillary Rose, about this weekend's Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, UFC 257 clash. I will be watching that. I have a passing interest. And that'll do it for this lovable band of rapscallions that makes up this podcast. For the whole band, producer Craig, Broadway Joe Malkin, Hollywood Ray Sean Buchanan, the Boylston Street Flasher, Mike Marcangelo, the real BK Bob Kelly, IMD Sizzle, Dave Clark. We tried and failed to get to it, but as usual, we are missing the point. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Electric acid. Electric acid.